Hey, Al. Hey, Barry. What do you call a retired wizard? What? A wizard. It's time for a Compelled Duel bonus episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of Compelled Duel. I'm Barry. And I'm Al. And blah, 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 D&D, blah, 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 podcast. You know what we're about if you're listening to this. We're going to be taking things in a little bit of a different direction today. We're not going to be playing Leo or Fee. In fact, we're going to... Well, why don't you just stick around and see what happens? Our camera zooms in on the bustling city of Gimtarum. It is early in the morning on a Saturday. Nobody involved in this knows that it is the day of the season one finale of D&D podcast Compelled Duel. But regardless, the city is waking up. There's lots of traffic clogging the roads already. The steam trains are running around the inside of this big subterranean cavern where the city is built as the people inside them commute back and forth to work. Our camera zooms in on a narrow street in the middle of the city, further and further into the gated front yard of a small but cozy-looking row house, up to the second floor, and into the window. Al, please describe your character. Courage is an infernal elven girl of about the human equivalent of eight years old. She has long curly black hair, curling black horns, deep purple skin. She's probably wearing something very flouncy, because that tends to be her style. And she is sitting in the windowsill, absently petting a little black kitten. You're sitting there petting Smokey, your cat. And after a minute, he sits up, squints out the window, and then whips his little furry head around to look at you. And in the voice of, like, a guy sitting in a bar watching a Red Sox game, says, Ah, here comes trouble. To anybody else that would happen to be in the room right now, Smokey is just meowing, but Courage has beast speech as her Pact of the Chain feature for her warlock stuff, so she talks to the cat. She's gonna try to look out the window where Smokey is looking. Okay, roll perception for me real quick. 17. You look out the window and see two people you've never seen before walking down the street. Your neighborhood's pretty tight-knit, and you're pretty far from the city center, so you know most of your neighbors. You know pretty much everybody that would be walking around out there right now. But headed up the street and in through your front gate, you see an Australian elven woman that looks to be in her early 30s, brown skin, long slate gray hair, dressed in armor, which is weird. And she is leading a younger Australian elven girl, long, straight black hair, big Coke bottle glasses, looks to be a teenager, by the elbow up towards your door. Smokey tilts his little cat head and goes, Never seen the kid before, but the other one was here talking to your uncle a couple days ago. Oh. Um. Courage has had a very trying couple of days. So she frowns and her eyebrows pinch together for a second and she goes, well, I mean, she kind of looks too old to be any of his students, so. What tipped you off, kid? The age or the armor? Smokey, you're being very rude. We've talked about this. Whatever. He bats at you with his paw and then jumps down out of the window seat onto the floor to start making his way out of your room and down the stairs as these two people come and the lady in the armor knocks on your door. You see Smokey's tail swish out around your door frame and hear loud complaining meowing as he walks down the hallway. I got a nap in the sunshine scheduled for 12 o'clock shop, and if this interrupts it, I swear to God. Smokey! 
Courage is going to head out the hallway and try to, like, eavesdrop from the top of the stairs. Okay, roll stealth. Six. Okay, that's not going to do it. You move down the hallway and hear voices from the front room. Your mom's at work, so you're just at home with your uncle today because you're off school. This woman in the doorway is apparently pleading with him to do something. She sounds really stressed out. Look, I know this isn't an ideal situation, but I just need you to watch her for a couple hours, okay? We can't take her where we're going, and there's nowhere else in the city that's safe for her to stay right now. You hear your uncle Adore sigh very huffily. Well, some of us have jobs, Sabine, and didn't ask to get roped into a succession crisis. In fact, some of us, I mean me, someone is me, would like to stay as far away from it as possible. What am I supposed to do, take her to work with me? The younger girl in the doorway goes, I'm right here. And at that point, you're trying to be sneaky, but you're not watching where your footing is because you're trying to peek over the railing. You step on Smokey's tail, and he lets out a massive yowl. Hey, hey, watch the merchandise! Shh, 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 I'll get you so many treats later, just be quiet. It's too late, the damage is done. Everybody looks up at the top of the stairs where you are trying to peek over the railing. Your uncle, this tall, infernal elf man with similar curly black hair and horns and purple skin, very nicely trimmed goatee, dressed very flamboyantly, just has his head in his hands, but then he looks up, sighs. <sighs> Courage. Guess you have an unscheduled playdate today. The girl in the doorway raises an eyebrow at him. I'm 73, but okay. Yeah, Courage is gonna, not making eye contact with anybody, slink down the stairs. <laughs> Hi, I'm Courage. The lady in the armor kind of gets down on your level and smiles at you. Hi, you've never met me before. My name's Sabine. Um, you met Ferora yesterday, right? Yeah, for like a second. She seemed weird. This lady, Sabine, apparently, presses her lips together and snorts. <clears throat> yeah, well, that's one way to put it. Anyway, I'm her friend, and I need to go help her out with something really quick, so I need you and your uncle to entertain my friend Lorelai over here. She's really nice. She looks back up at your uncle. She won't be any trouble. She likes to read. This younger teenaged girl, Lorelai, apparently, looks supremely perturbed at being piloted into this situation, but just says nothing. Okay, I guess. Lorelai looks a little offended at your reaction, but continues to say nothing. And then Sabine stands back up and turns over to her. Okay, I will be back as soon as possible. We have talked about why you need to stay in the house, right? Because... Lorelai sighs. <sighs> because it's dangerous if anybody sees me, I get it. Just be careful, okay? And then, rolling her eyes, she leans in and gives Sabine a big hug. Sabine turns back to your uncle, hands up in front of her in a pleading gesture, and goes, Thank you, thank you, thank you, I will be back as soon as I can, thank you. And then turns around and fully leaves the house, walks out of the garden, back up the street. And you are standing in your front room with this strange girl you've never met before. Smokey comes hopping down off the bottom steps and walks over to her, sniffs at her foot, and then sneezes and shakes his head. Hey, the smell of the magic on this one! She smells like a fireball waiting to happen! Courage squints and tilts her head at Lorelai and says, Are you a super spy? <laughs> Lorelai pushes her glasses up on the bridge of her nose and blinks down at you. Um... No. Technically, I'm an internationally wanted criminal, but I don't get to do any of the cool spy stuff, which is why I'm stuck here with you. Your uncle has gone back to fully having his head in his hands. Okay, okay, so I have a lecture in 30 minutes that I need to leave for 10 minutes ago. You apparently can't go out of the house. Usually I just take courage with me when I go to school. 
oh, but you shouldn't be here alone, but I, I, I can't just cancel class this late. Okay, um, you're old enough to babysit, right? And Lorelai goes, what? I'm not a baby and she's mean. Why can't I just go? Because I said so. He looks a little bit manic. Big fake smile on his face. Okay, so I'm going to go to work. I will be back as fast as I can. I will swing by the tea shop and tell your mom what's going on and see if she can come home. I don't know. I don't know at this point. Here's what's going to happen, girls. We are going to lock all the doors, lock all the windows. We are not going to answer the door. We are not going to talk to anybody. And you are going to sit quietly and wait till I come back. But Uncle Adore, that sounds boring. He puts one hand on his hip and nods his head at you. That sounds boring. I know. This isn't an optimal situation, okay? I'll make it up to you later. Courage crosses her arms over her chest and goes, I want to go to the Tordunian Bakery downtown. Fine, fine. All the pastry you want. Just stay in the house. Please, we cannot have a repeat of last time. Nobody got hurt last time. <sighs> he just walks out of the house, shuts the front door behind him, and you hear all of the locks on the front door click. Everything in the front room is silent for a second, and then Lorelai looks over at you and goes, So, are we gonna stay in the house and sit quietly until he gets back? Well, I'm not. I don't know what you're gonna do. I don't know what I'm gonna do either. I've never been a babysitter before. I'm supposed to watch you, right? Yes, you're supposed to watch me and... What I'm going to do is I'm going to go upstairs where I have a stash of hush money because my uncle doesn't want me to tell my mom stuff, and I'm going to go get brownies down the street. Oh, okay, so I have to watch you do that. Sounds easy enough. Smokey looks up at Lorelai from the floor and squints at her. It, it Was that, it, is she for real right now? I don't know, but it gets me brownies, so I don't care. Why are you meowing at your cat? Because he's a magic cat. Keep up. Oh, okay. I get it. My brother had a magic tarantula one time, but then my mom's cat ate it. And she's just going to follow you up the stairs if you're going. Yes, Courage is going back up to her room and digging through the pile of stuffed animals under her bed to find her money stash. It is a plastic like Tupperware container, fantasy Tupperware. That has uh, Courage's savings written on it <laughs> in sparkly purple ink and a bunch of sequins and glitter stuck to it. Uh, and there is about 20 gold inside of it. Lorelai is standing kind of uncomfortably in the middle of your room, just watching all of the stuffed animals go flying through the air as you fling them out of the way. And her eyes get a little big when she sees all the money in the box. That's a lot of money for a kid to have. How much stuff does your uncle have that he doesn't want your mom to know about? I don't know. He says he doesn't want mom to know about the bear that he brings into the house after 3 a.m., but that's kind of weird because the only animal I've ever seen him bring into the house is a cat. Lorelai's eyes go even bigger, and you get the impression that she knows something about what you just told her, but she is not going to tell you about it. Understandable. Let's go get those brownies so I don't have to be in this conversation anymore. Okay. Courage is gonna lead her down the stairs and down the street to the bakery that her mom takes her to as a treat for fudgy brownies. Smokey runs out of the house after you and, in a slightly painful way, does climb up your back to sit on your shoulder. He kind of headbutts you and meows into your ear. What did I say about interrupting the nap plan? You getting me a salmon croquette. Lorelai, you're having a weird day. You were woken up way too early by Sabine. And now she has dropped you off at this weird house with this weird man that did not stay to watch you. And you are babysitting a child of what looks to be about 40 years old. 
And now she is taking you on a merry jaunt through the city against Sabine's express wishes to a bakery where she is sitting at a table by the window and kicking her feet as she eats a brownie. Lorelai doesn't have any money. So she's just going to sit at the table with no food and take out a book. Courage pulls out her fantasy Tupperware container of coins with a jingle. (laughs) It is very sparkly. Her sense of style seems to be, even for a 40-year-old, a lot. Her room was very roughly and sparkly, and there were a lot of stuffed animals, and this Tupperware container is a whole thing. She pops the lid, pulls out one coin with the flourish of a blackjack dealer, and with two fingers slides it across the table at you and says, get yourself something nice. (laughs) Oh man, this is the weirdest day of Lorelai's life. She had to watch Sabine stumble out of a nightclub last night, and now she's babysitting Jojo Siwa. Okay, here we go. She goes and buys herself a chocolate croissant and a cup of coffee because Sabine's not here to tell her she can't have it. And then comes back and sits down, gives courage or change back. There's probably a really long, awkward silence as Lorelai just kind of fiddles with the croissant and takes a big drink of her coffee. So, um, talking to people. I'm not good at talking to people. Uh, what? do you do for a living? Courage stops in the middle of picking up brownie crumbs with her thumb and goes, I'm a kid, I go to school. Oh, fascinating. What is school like? You've never been to school? Uh, no, I stayed at home and my mom taught me, but my mom used to teach at a school, so I guess it was kind of like going to school, just without the friends, but I wasn't allowed to go to school because sometimes I blow things up with my mind and they said that I was a danger to public safety, she says with air quotes around the last couple words. Oh, okay. I wish my mom could teach me because my teacher's really mean and she keeps yelling at me because I don't get long division and it's not my fault because numbers just kind of don't make sense to me and I'm better at art. I like drawing and I like music and I like dancing and I like horses and I like my cat and sometimes I like reading but um only like the fun books that we don't get to read at school because we have to read boring books at school and they're all about like interpersonal conflict and we have to analyze them for meaning or whatever and I prefer to read books about super spies and princesses and fun stuff and not boring people. Lorelai looks at her like she is the most fascinating specimen she's ever seen in her life. I like to read books about bugs, especially butterflies. I have one in my bag right now. Would you like to see it? Yeah, I like butterflies. Lorelai takes her book out and goes on a 25-minute info dumping session about every butterfly in the book and feels much more at ease and comfortable with Courage as a friend by the end of it. Courage listens in relative silence and just eats her brownie. She pauses in the middle to go get a hot chocolate and a salmon croquette for her cat, who meows very loudly. She is listening. She does not seem like she gets a lot of what you were talking about because she's eight and not a... uh, you know, entomologist. (laughs) But she listens, which is nice. Okay, I'm going to finish my croissant and my coffee and wait for whatever this tiny child is going to instruct me to do next. Ah, yes. Beholden to the whims of a third grader. She waits for you to finish your croissant and also your info dump about butterflies and then hops off the chair and says, um... That was interesting. You seem like you like museums. I love museums. How did you know? Just a vibe. Um, (laughs) 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 There's the Museum of Magical History that's like um, three streets down. And there's a big statue of a Tarrasque in front of it, which is fun. 
And we can go to that if you don't want to go back to the house. Uh, I, uh, weren't we supposed to stay inside the house? I mean, I get just walking down the street for a brownie, but I'm really not supposed to be out where people can see me because they might try to kill me. I realize that I said I wasn't a super spy, and I also realize that I keep saying things that make me sound like I'm a super spy. I just want to take this moment to assure you that I'm not a super spy. But I don't know if we should go out into the city. I'm not familiar with it, and large groups of people make me very uneasy. Don't worry, there's not going to be large groups of people inside the Museum of Magical History. Huh. That's weird. I feel extremely insulted, and I don't know why. Don't think about it too much. The house is boring. The only thing to do there until my mom gets home is play board games. And I've played all the board games we have um, a lot. And they're mostly only fun now if I can get my uncle to gamble on them. Which I can, but he's at work and you don't have any money. So let's go to the museum. We'll be fine. Besides, I have a bat. And from the folds of her very flouncy skirt, Courage just pulls out a softball bat and says, Mom keeps this in the broom closet. She says it's for killing anybody that tries to break into the house. Okay. Lorelai's gonna follow her. Courage leads you through the streets of Gimtarum like a pro. There are a lot of people on the streets. Ugh. Lorelai is keeping her arms very close to herself and kind of just shuffling along. Okay, there are a lot of people here. This is, yep, this is fine. Courage is walking in front of you and she turns around and starts walking backwards and says, no, see, it's fine. All you have to do is this. And then she clears her throat and in common, which you don't understand super well, she yells, Hey, watch it, you putts! At a guy who is walking too close to her, and the guy hurriedly shuffles away. Still in Elvish, Lorelai goes, I don't know this word, putts. It's like a Yahoo, but worse. Oh, okay. In very halted common, Lorelai quietly goes, Hey, watch it, you putts. No, louder. Hey, watch it, you putts. Say it with your chest, Lorelai, come on. Hey, watch it, you putts. Yeah, like that. Some of the people around you uh, shuffle to the side a little bit. Still in very broken common, Lorelai stomps her foot with a lot more confidence and goes, Yes, this is the place that I am walking. In much more fluent common, <laughs> Courage enthusiastically says, Yeah, she's walking here! <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna follow her to the museum. You keep walking for a little bit. Uh, from an alleyway, a voice says, Hey kids, you looking to make a little cash? Courage, we should keep walking. No. Courage is already pushing past you into this alleyway. You watch a very interesting thing happen to her demeanor, where she puts her hands behind her back and, like, rocks up on her toes and smiles very sweetly and says, Gee, mister, we sure would. Can I roll insight to see if I can figure out if she's hustling this guy? Yeah, roll insight. Thirteen. One hundred percent. Absolutely. <laughs> Courage sees an opportunity and she is taking it. There's a gnomish guy in this alleyway wearing a kind of drab suit on like a folding chair in front of a card table. And he's got a bunch of cups on the card table. And he grins as Courage walks into the alleyway and like waves at the two of you and says, come here, come here. You want to play a game? It's going to test your powers of observation. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Lorelai tries to cover up her very thick Australian accent as well as she can and just repeats after courage. Gee, mister, would we? I'm trying to be a good wingman. This guy squints a little bit and says, All right, kid. And then he holds up a little, looks like a ping pong ball. So, here's how we're gonna play it. I'm gonna put this in one of these cups here, and I'm gonna shuffle the cups around. And then if yous can find the ball, then you win. And if yous can't, then I win. Yeah? Yes. 
I understand this. All right, let's go. And he puts the ball in one of these cups and just starts shuffling them around. Lorelai, roll perception. 18. Absolutely. You manage to track these cups as he shuffles them around and you think the ball is in the middle one. I touch the middle one? This guy goes, ah, good one, kid. Uh, and he lifts the cup and the ball's under it and he says, what do you say best two out of three? Before you can say anything, Courage goes, you're on, mister. And she walks up to the table and you watch her cat hop off of her shoulder and circle around behind the guy at the card table and like hop up on a box that's just sitting in this alleyway and just meow very loudly. Um, and I'm not even going to roll for Courage to figure this out. This guy shuffles the cups around and the cat keeps meowing behind him. He stops moving the cups and he says, all right, kid, where is it? Courage pauses, puts a finger up to her chin, like, hmm. You could tell she's playing up the cutesy kid thing. <laughs> and she says, gee, I don't know. Um, I think maybe. And then she reaches out and touches the leftmost cup. The guy goes, ah, good try, kid. But and then he lifts the cup and the ball's under it. There's a long pause. And then Courage says, wow, guess we win. Thanks. And she grabs the bag of money that he put on the table <laughs> as he looks dumbfounded at this ball and says, I am never going to financially recover from this. Lorelai has to pause and frown for a second to try to find the words in common in her head. How good are you at this game if losing twice makes you for forget lose your money and also, you are the one who tried to, um, um, and then she turns back around to Courage, and an Elvish goes, Courage, how do you say extort in common? Grift. You are the one who tried to grift two small girls of their money. <laughs> hey, watch it, you putts! Courage, holding this guy's bag of money, says, yeah, what she said. And then she grabs your elbow and says, and now we run and just tears off. Courage, you grab Lorelai by the hand and just tear out of this alleyway. You're running down the street towards the museum. Next to you, Lorelai, with an uncharacteristic, you feel like smile on her face yells, I'm having fun. I'm glad. Run faster. Lorelai obliges and runs as fast as she can. You pull her down through this mess of alleyways and side streets, just in case, you know, the guy you grifted decides to come after you. And as you're running down an alley that spits out onto the big main street where you know the museum is, a voice from behind a pile of boxes goes, Well, 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 what have we got here, boys? Not these losers. From around the piles of boxes at the mouth of this alley come four, eh, about middle schoolers, like sixth graders. Three dwarves, one gnome. They're your bullies. The leader of this motley crew is known by the name Dropkick Murphy because he has a bad habit of dropkicking people. He's a stocky dwarvish kid, has a little bit of peach fuzz on his chin, and flanking him are two equally stocky dwarvish middle schoolers known as Lookout Lenny and Jimmy the Kid. And then out from behind another pile of boxes skitters their fourth friend, a little gnomish kid. His name's Kevin. You're still holding the bag of money in your hands that you just got from your very successful grift. And Dropkick Murphy ambles over to you and kind of shoves you in the shoulder. Aw, oh, look, boys. Courage's mom gave us some lunch money. Think we'll be taking that. Aw, why don't you just ask your mommy for some after I send you crying home to her? Next to you in Elvish, Lorelai goes, Uh, Courage, what's going on? In Elvish, Courage says, These guys aren't very nice when they're going to try to steal our money, but, um, that's... 
not gonna happen. Look out, Lenny, this other little dwarvish kid with like a shitty rat stash crosses his arms over his chest and goes, Hey, what kind of gobbledygook are you two saying to each other? And Lorelai turns around to glare at him. Hello, my name is Lorelai. You are small and rude. Dropkick Murphy stops shoving you long enough to turn over to Lorelai and go, Who are you calling small and rude? Get them, boys. Roll initiative. Fuck it. Lorelai rolled a 14. That's a nine. Okay, and now I'm going to roll for the hooligans. Dropkick Murphy got a 21. Lookout Lenny gets a nine. Jimmy the Kid gets a 14. And Kevin rolled a seven. All four of these hoodlums pull out improvised weapons, baseball bats, and the like. Kevin has a golf club. And advance on you. Dropkick Murphy's gonna go first. He's right up on you, Courage. He's gonna try to swing a baseball bat at you. So he gets three attacks. Only one of which is going to hit. But you do take eight bludgeoning damage as he smacks you in the shoulder with this baseball bat real hard. And now it is Lorelai's turn. She sees this kid hit you with a baseball bat, totally unprovoked, and her eyebrows knit up. She looks very confused for a second, and then shifts to pissed off. Her hand shoots down to her belt, where she has kind of a Valduran belt-bag combo that's strapped to her leg, and out of it she pulls out a wand. She points it at Dropkick Murphy and says in halted common, My- Idioms are not good, but I think what I want to say is pick on someone your own size. And she casts reduce on him. (laughs) So his size is reduced by half for the duration of the spell. And also his weapons shrink and he does 1d4 less damage on every weapon attack. So he has to roll a con save to see if he can uh, beat this, but no, he cannot. Courage, you see him wind back up with the baseball bat to smack you again, and there's just this... And he shrinks. He goes up into the air because his body got small so fast, and then crashes to the ground. From the ground, he scrambles back up with his tiny little baseball bat, and turns around to his friends and goes... Ah, crap, guys, the big one's got wicked magic. Courage laughs and in common says, yeah, take that, you jerk. Okay, now it's the next hooligan's turn, and he's going to make all three attacks on Lorelei. Only one of which is going to hit. He does four damage. So Lorelei's going to have to make a DC 10 uh, concentration save to maintain concentration on that reduced spell. Oh, yeah, she does it easily. And also, I forgot to have her roll on her turn for her wild magic surge, so I'm just going to roll this and hope I don't roll an at one. Nope, she's good, but the DC is now up to a one or a two the next time she casts a spell for a wild magic surge. So yeah, this kid comes up, tries to swing the bat at Lorelai, barely even nicks her. She kind of just ducks out of the way because she's way bigger than him. And Courage, now it is your turn. Okay, so with my action, I'm going to cast Mage Armor to raise my AC to 17. And then as a bonus action, I'm going to cast Magic Stone. Courage just scoops up a handful of pebbles off the ground and just chucks one at uh, Lenny the Lookout. (laughs) (laughs) I get plus six to hit. She's going to chuck this rock and yell, Eat this butt face! Um, And I roll... a 22 to hit. (laughs) So I'm going to roll 1d6 plus 4 damage. 9 damage on this child. (laughs) As I just beat him with a rock. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you beat him in the head with a rock real good, but it's his turn next, so he's going to roll 3 attacks on you. But with your mage armor, none of them hits. 
And then Kevin is going to go take his golf club and try to swing at Lorelai three times. Only one of them hits. That's another four damage. So Lorelai has to make a DC 10 constitution check. Which she just barely makes. But she's holding that concentration on that reduced spell. And we're back at the top of the order with Dropkick Murphy, who's going to take his tiny little baseball bat (laughs) and try to hit you with it some more courage. Okay, one of those is going to hit. And he rolled a four, but I get to roll a d4 and take away that many damage. Three. So he does one damage on the die plus three, so you only take four damage. He's at, like, the perfect height to swing this bat and just get you in the kneecap with it. So it hurts, but it doesn't do a lot of damage because he's tiny now. It's Lorelai's turn again. Lorelai observes this scene of this tiny, tiny little boy hitting you in the knee with a baseball bat while his friends flail wildly at her and mostly don't hit. In Elvish, she says, Oh, this is getting fucking ridiculous, and she casts Scatter. So what's going to have to happen is all of them are going to have to make wisdom saving throws, and if they don't make them, she can teleport them anywhere she wants within 120 feet. (laughs) So let me just roll for all of them. Failure. 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 Success. So what she's going to do is she's going to teleport... Dropkick Murphy, Lookout Lenny, and Kevin, all the way down to the end of the alleyway. And then with her movement, she's going to run away from the hoodlum that she is engaged with right now, which is going to make her take an opportunity attack. And that is going to hit her. Nine damage. So let me roll her concentration for that reduce. Natural 19, she totally keeps concentration. She's going to grab Courage and try to haul her back using Courage's movement as well. She's just trying to get distance from these guys. She looks down at Courage and goes, Stay behind me, I've got an idea. And I'm going to roll on her Wild Magic Surge. She's fine, but the DC just went up again. Now it's a 3 or lower and she surges. It is Jimmy the Kid's turn now. But given that he just saw all of his friends get zapped very far away from him, I don't know, man. He is 12. I don't think he would bull rush a very powerful magic user. (laughs) I'm just, I'm gonna roll a whiz save for him to maybe overcome his fear. Nah, he rolled a six. He turns tail and runs after his friends to try to group up with them for safety in numbers. And Courage, now it is your turn. With everybody's full movements, Jimmy the Kid is 60 feet away from Courage. She's going to throw both of her other magic rocks at him. (laughs) That's a 21 and a 24. Those are going to hit. Roll damage. 14 damage for Jimmy the Kid as Courage yells, Hey, that's right, run away! So the thing is, with being teleported 120 feet away to the end of the alley, Dropkick Murphy, Lookout Lenny, and Kevin are going to have to all dash to even come close to being in attack range of you, and they won't make it all the way. So they're all burning their turns to dash to sort of meet Jimmy the Kid in the middle of the alley with a horrible chorus of puberty-crackled battle cries they run. Now it's Lorelai's turn. She looks down at Courage and goes, Are they usually this persistent? Unfortunately, yes. Okay, I've had just about enough of this. She casts Reverse Gravity, centered on the hooligans. So the thing about Reverse Gravity is that they don't even get to save. They're caught in this 50-foot-wide by 100-foot-tall cylinder where the gravity just reverses. Unfortunately, this is probably going to affect people in the buildings on either side of the alley as well, but that's a problem for later. All four of these kids shoot up a hundred feet in the air with screams of terror, 
and are just bobbing around slowly in the air a hundred feet above the ground. You hear screams from the street as people look up and see these four middle schoolers just floating in the air. Lorelai stands under them with her wand pointed up at them and goes, Are we done? Courage, with the vindictive glee of an eight-year-old girl, yells in common, Yeah, take that, fuckheads! They are all still just screaming. Dropkick Murphy starts crying for his mommy. There's a lot of ruckus going on out in the street right now as everybody stops to look at these floating children. And then from the mouth of the alleyway, you hear the clanking of armored boots on the pavement and, Hey, you kids! Ah, shit, it's the cops. Cheese it! Lorelai blinks. What? I don't know. It's something my Uncle Adore says. Run! (laughs) (laughs) Smokey had jumped off your shoulder and kind of run off during the combat, but he's back now. And right in your ear, you hear him yowl and go, Ah, shit, not the cops. I can't go back to jail. And then poof, he's gone. He just disappears into thin air. Lorelai's not dropping that spell, by the way. She lets you grab her and pull her off. You take off through the alleys, running down the side streets again, and she goes, Um, okay, where are we running? I don't know, I'm a kid, you figure something out. Uh, Um. Okay, I'm gonna roll perception for Lorelai really quick. Oof, natural 19. You're running down a dark alley, right up against the wall of the cavern that Gintarum is built in. Lorelai pulls you to a halt outside of a door. There's a big sign on it that says rail tunnel access. She rattles the knob of the door and it's locked. Curses pulls out her wand again and casts disintegrate on the door. And it just evaporates into dust. Gonna roll to save on her wild magic surge. She's fine, but the DC went up again. She gets you by the back of your dress and goes, we need to hide. Come on, in here. Okay, I go with her. The two of you outrun your pursuers and disappear into the subterranean train tunnels of Gimtarum. There's a big staircase down for a while that you're running on, and then it spits you out directly onto a set of train tracks. It's pitch black dark down here you're relying 100% on your dark vision to see and your ragged breaths from running through the city bounce off this cold stone around you Lorelai has both hands braced on her knees and is wheezing for breath as soon as we can get out of here we are going back to your house good idea Okay, 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 everything's fine. I'm calm, everything's fine, everything's good. Lorelai has both hands kind of hovering up around her head, and there's reality-warping magic sort of glimmering between her fingers, but she reins it back in and is able to calm herself down. We'll just wait down here until whoever's looking for us stops, and then we'll go back up and go back to the house, and everything's gonna be f- What's that? Under your feet, you feel a rumbling. Lorelai frowns and takes a step back. What the hell? And then a massive boom echoes throughout this tunnel. A Bolette, which you have only seen before in your school books, but you know that they live in the tunnels under Gimtarum, shoots up through the rock this massive stone gray creature with a gaping maw shoots up through the stone floor of this tunnel, completely collapses the door you just walked through behind it, and takes a chomp at Lorelei. 16, that's gonna hit her. So she takes 4d12 plus 4 damage. 
So Lorelei takes 32 damage as this monstrous creature comes up through the rock, takes a huge bite at her arm, opens up a big gash down through her shirt. She screams at the top of her lungs. I'm going to actually have her roll for a wild magic surge again, just because she doesn't do well with surprises, and that freaked her out. Oh my god! She rolled a three, and with her elevated DC for that, she's going to surge. So I need to roll a D100 and see what happens. Okay, so let me check the wild magic surge table. <laughs> Illusory butterflies and flower petals flutter in the air within 10 feet of you for the next minute. Well, thematically, that's great, but, you know, it doesn't do anything cool, like kill the monster. So, Courage, you see this thing take a bite out of her, and she shrieks. There's a pulse of that reality warping magic that just erupts out of her. And then there are pretty butterflies and flower petals floating in the air around her for some reason. Lorelai scrambles back from this thing, looks at the butterflies and the flower petals hovering in the air around her, and goes, Ah, shit! Roll initiative. 19. Lorelai got a 10, and the Bullet got a 10 as well, but Lorelai has higher decks, so she's going to go before it. Courage, you are up first. Courage says, don't kill it. They're really very peaceful creatures. They're just hungry because we're enroaching on their natural ecosystem and we've wiped out all of their natural prey sources. It just tried to eat me! Well, yeah, but just knock it out. Um, and then I'm going to cast a uh, Guiding Bolt. <laughs> I'm going to roll to hit. 24. So that's 5d6 damage since I only have second level spell slots as a third level warlock. 14 damage and the next roll to hit attack made on it has advantage. And then it is the Bullet's turn. It is going to roar as you blast it with this Guiding Bolt. And charge up, try to take a bite out of you. That's a 21, it's gonna hit. So that's 4d12 plus 4 damage. Okay, well, lucky for you, I rolled a 4, a 3, and two 1s, plus 4 is 13. So, you're still up. That didn't feel good. Can I get the bullet to make me a deck save? <laughs> 4. Okay, so it's going to take 3d10 damage as I hellish rebuke it. That's going to be 23 damage. But now it's your turn. Courage is going to yell, Never mind, you can kill it! And then she's going to roll, first of all, cure wounds on herself to heal up 10 hit points, and then she's going to use her 4d6 healing from Celestial Warlock. As a bonus action, she gets back another 15 hit points. And then we're back down to Lorelei. Lorelei is going to cast a 5th level Chaos Bolt at this thing. She's going to roll to hit with advantage. Which she needed, because that is just barely going to hit. And then Chaos Bolt is funky, so I have to roll 2d8 first to determine what kind of damage it is. Okay, so that's going to be cold damage, which is cool, because that's kind of Lorelai's bag anyway. So I'm going to roll four more d8 plus a d6. She swings her wand out at this bullet, and a bolt of frosty energy comes out and hits it for 27 damage. I'm going to go ahead and roll for her wild magic surge, but her dc is back down to a 1. She rolled a 10, she's fine, but now if she rolls a 2 or lower, she's surging again. And we're back down to the bullet, who's gonna try to take another chomp at Lorelei. And doesn't hit. It rolled a 2, so that's only a 9. Lorelei jumps back out of the way, cursing colorfully, and then it is back up to you, Courage. I'm out of spell slots, so I'm gonna try to hit it with an Eldritch Blast. 
Seven. Oh, bud. That's not gonna do it. Back down to Lorelei, who's going to cast a fifth level ice knife at the bullet. That's a 25 to hit, so she's definitely gonna hit. A shard of ice shoots out of her wand and stabs this thing in the shoulder, and a second later explodes into icy shrapnel that blasts it. I'm gonna use Empowered Spell to re-roll a couple of those. One. Yes! Two. Three. Four! Can I roll another six? Because I, I just did almost max damage. Do I? I don't. I think I think I should let it ride. Let it ride, yeah. Yeah. So with that usage of Empowered Spell, she ended up with one below max damage. Lorelai does 39 damage with this ice knife as it explodes in the bullet's face and it just drops to the ground. I'm going to roll a wild magic surge for her, so just let's make sure she's okay. Nat 20, she's fine. Her chest is heaving as she keeps her wand leveled at this dead Bolette's body and goes, Okay. Okay. Everything is fine. <laughs> oh, I don't have the juice in me for another disintegrate spell. And trying to blast that door back open would probably bring the tunnel down on both of our heads. So let's start walking. Um. Okay. Courage is going to meekly follow after Lorelai. <laughs> Lorelai, you're walking down this tunnel for a while. After a couple minutes, Courage says, So, are you sure you're not a super spy? Because that was really cool. And that seems like something that somebody who's um, a, a spy would do. I'm not a super spy. I'm just a kid. Lorelai snaps before she can kind of regulate how she responds to that, and then stops, takes a deep breath. <sighs> Sorry, I'm... I'm not a spy. I'm not a hero. I'm not somebody that goes on big, fancy adventures. I barely even left my house for most of my life. And then... <sighs> A few years ago, the person my big brother was supposed to marry left Australia, and there was a big deal about it, and my brother got involved with the actual super spies, you know, or you don't know. <laughs> Sabine, who dropped me off today, she's got a bunch of friends that do all these big fancy secret missions, and one of them went wrong, and my brother died. And apparently, the Archduke of Australia wanted to kill me, so Sabine had to bring me here. I'm not a super spy, and I don't want to be. I'm just a kid, and I just want to go home and have things get back to normal, and I know that nothing's ever going to be normal again. So, what I am is dealing with it, I guess. Oh. There's a long pause. Courage kind of, like, wraps her arms around herself like she's giving herself a hug. I'm sorry that happened, and I'm sorry I asked, and I'm sorry about your brother. I don't know what that would be like, but my, um, and she like winces and she goes, my dad died a couple years ago, and that was really hard, so I'm really sorry that you're sad. You don't have to be sorry, Courage. It's not your fault. Let's just get you home, okay? Okay. And you keep walking for a few minutes. Roll perception for me. Fourteen. There's a light coming from further down in this tunnel. And there's kind of a weird rumbling in the ground under your feet again. 
you know, I've heard about the light at the end of the tunnel before, but this is getting fucking ridiculous. Run! Uh, run where? I, I, I don't know. Th- there's gotta be another door, right? Maybe, maybe we just go back the way we came? You hear the slow, long whistle of a steam engine down the tunnel. And Courage says, I, I, I don't know, I don't know. Shit, fuck, damn it. Roll a wild magic surge for me. 12, she's fine, but her DC is now up to three. There's no way we can just try to flatten ourselves against the wall or anything, is there? You don't think so. It's a very narrow tunnel, and you've seen the trains that run along the wall around Gimtarum, and they're pretty big. If you had to estimate, you could maybe do it, but it would be risky. And there's no, like, damage save or anything. It it, it will kill us, right? It's a train, so yes. (laughs) Okay. I'm gonna grab Courage and point at the light that's coming closer. How long is one of those trains? I don't know, I told you I'm not good at math. Could I roll something, just like a history check or something from having seen the trains before? Is this thing shorter than 500 feet long? Roll history. 21. If you had to estimate, yeah, you'd say they tend to be shorter than 500 feet. Lorelai gets courage by her shoulders and squeezes really hard. This is going to be really scary, but I need you to trust me, okay? What are you gonna- Just trust me. I am going to hold her in front of me and wait for the train to get closer. There's another long, slow whistle. The light turns the tunnel. You see the steam engine bearing down on you. It's getting closer and closer and closer. Right before it hits us, I cast Dimension Door. Hell yeah! I could take up to one willing creature with me, and the range is 500 feet. I'm just going to Dimension Door, the both of us, the full 500 feet, and hope that that gets us behind the train. You cast Dimension Door. The train is bearing down on you. You can feel it getting close to you, like the heat of it. Courage shrieks. (laughs) And then... You are standing in the tunnel unharmed as the train goes the other way. Okay, I'm going to roll another wild magic surge. Ten, fine, but my DC raised again. Okay. Door, door, our next job is to find a door. Yeah, roll me a survival check. Uh, that would be a 17. You keep walking for a couple minutes and eventually find another one of those rail access doors, and you exit out into the streets of Gimtarum again. It takes you a while to get back to your house, Courage, because you and Lorelai are both a little banged up from that fight with the bullet and moving pretty slowly. But make it back, you do, and as soon as you set foot through the door... Your uncle descends on you like flies on shit, just yelling. One job. I gave you one job. Your one job was to stay in the house. Oh my god, do you know how worried I have been about you? I thought that you had gotten kidnapped or that Sabine's spy friends had come and spirited you away or or killed you. I, I almost had to call your mother. From the doorway into the living room behind him, you see a stranger standing there. This really beefy dwarvish dude with a long, magnificently braided ginger beard, all kinds of charms and shit hanging out of it. He's got knuckle tattoos and like really cool ink up one side of his neck. Way more wallet chains than any one person needs. He walks over and pats your uncle on the back and goes, Sweetheart, kids don't respond well to yelling. She's delicate right now. Be gentle. Can't you see she's freaked out? Me and Lorelai went on an adventure and almost got eaten by a bullet. This guy pauses in the middle of patting your uncle on the back. His eyebrows shoot up almost to his hairline, and he goes, 
All right, she can keep yelling at it. Please don't. Um, and then Courage looks past the door at this guy and says, Hi, I'm Courage. Who are you? Lorelai next to you leans down to whisper in your ear. I'm not the best at reading situations, but remember all that hush money you got paid to not tell your mom about the bear that your uncle brings into the house? Yeah. I think that's the bear. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, and then Courage looks at this guy and then says, are you a werebear? This guy blinks with a big, awkward, open-mouthed smile and goes, Nah, kid. Different kind of bear. Uh, my name's Tiberius. I'm a friend of your uncle's. He called me because he was in a little bit of a tough spot, panicking over losing you, and needed a little bit of emotional support. And I work with him. I'm a therapist over at the university. Next to you, Lorelai snorts under her breath and goes, <coughs> therapist. <laughs> Tiberius pretends he didn't hear that and just kind of pats you on the head and stands back up. Your uncle looks like he's been tearing his hair out for the past hour. He's a mess. He just whips around and glares at you. You have stepped in it this time, Courage. When your mother gets home, you are going to know wrath, the likes of which you have never seen before. Courage points at Tiberius and says, The jig is up, old man. If you rat me out, I'll sing like a Tordunian canary. <laughs> your uncle clams up real quick. He runs a hand back through his hair and kind of stammers a little bit. Courage, look. It's not that your mother would have any moral objections to Tiberius and I being together, but it's just that we've both made some pretty bad dating decisions in our life. So after everything happened with your dad, we sort of made a blood pact to be miserable together forever. And uh, I didn't do that. And I just really don't want to deal with the death glares. So how much do you want? She keeps squinting at him for a long moment and then says, Just don't tell her about today, and we'll call it even. You drive a hard bargain. He sticks a hand out. Courage shakes it, and then she says, Also, I still want pastry. I might start crying like any second. Okay. You know what? I know Sabine asked me to keep you in the house, Lorelai, but apparently that seal has been broken. Who wants muffins? I do. Lorelai looks over at you and kind of grins a little bit. Yeah, I could go for a muffin. I'm pretty hungry. You work up a big appetite being a super spy. <gasps> I knew it! And our camera zooms out through the front door of the house as... Courage, Lorelai, Adore, and Tiberius all walk down the street to go get some baked goods. Courage is going to be a problem when she grows up. Oh yeah, undoubtedly. This was fantastic. I had so much fun, and we hope that you guys had fun too. Thanks for tuning into our bonus episode, and rest assured, we have much cooler things to come. On Compelled Duel. Hey everybody, Barry here with the postscript, just clearing up a couple housekeeping things here at the end of the episode. As always, I'm going to go ahead and plug our social medias. You can find us on Twitter, Tumblr, and TikTok at Compelled Duel. We have a lot of other cool stuff, like an official Spotify profile, an official website. You could find all of that linked on our various social media profiles. We also host a Q&A live stream every week on our YouTube channel, so if you want to head on over to YouTube and search Compelled Duel and subscribe to us over there, we'd love to see you come hang out for that. It's a lot of fun. 
If you like what you're hearing so far on the podcast and are interested in supporting us, we ask that you consider heading over to patreon.com slash compelled duel, where starting at just $2 a month, you get access to all kinds of cool patron perks, including but not limited to early access to episodes, access to bonus content and exclusive Spotify playlists, and even handwritten letters from your favorite character every month. If you'd like to support us in ways other than pledging to the Patreon, we ask that if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, that you leave us a rating and a review, since that helps us get promoted to a wider audience. And as always, word-of-mouth advertising is the most powerful tool we have at our disposal, so if you like the podcast, we just ask that you tell a friend about it, and if they like it, ask them to tell a friend as well. And in other news, we did just open our official merch store, so if you're interested in getting any kind of cool Compelled Duel merchandise, you can head on over to compelledduel.myshopify.com. We have lots of cool stuff, t-shirts, stickers, notebooks, buttons, pretty much anything you can imagine. So episode 10 will be going live on Friday, March 11th, 2022, or Thursday, March 10th, if you're a patron. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.